0: This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley and I'll be sharing how to start, grow and scale your education business. So, today we're talking about the bad business advice that we're given to grow our education businesses by people who don't know how business in the education sector works. Um, I've certainly had my fair share of it and I thought it was worth sharing the things that I've realised just do not work. So don't get me wrong it's all well-intentioned and some of the stuff really does work but this is why I feel it's different uh, difficult to straddle both worlds. So some of the strategies that work in business really don't work in the education world as much as you might really really want them to. So I've got eight things I want to talk about. So the first is (laughs) creating an email list and sending it to schools. So do you know what? Traditional cold emailing, or cold calling for that matter, does not work. School office staff go to the same training camp as doctors receptionists. Nobody is getting through. You could even be the headteacher's daughter-in-law calling with some exciting news. Not today, thank you. (laughs) But seriously though, it's not the way to do business in schools. It's who you know, or who knows you. Now my mum... used to teach ICT at one of the schools in Halifax and um, this school had a lot of connections with other schools that I used to supply at and when she started going to federation meetings she was known as the ICT teacher from the school that she was at but as I grew my connections around the town and did more supply and got to know people it frustrated her that over time she became known as Claire's mum instead but it is about who you're making connections with and who you're getting to know. The second thing they say is put the price up by 10% every year and I do believe in putting the price up I honestly do and I've I've made some mistakes around that but 10% could be too much I don't know but it could be so you may be able to even do it more than that with the right story it depends on what you're offering so if you put a £25 subscription up by £2.50 then that could be okay but if you're putting up you know 1,500 pound training and you're putting it up by 150 pounds then that might not really fly so if you've got a product for teachers and you get to maybe the 70 pound mark and you put it up by 10% every year they're going to start seeing that as a pretty big jump and you could quickly price yourself out of the market so you've got to be really aware about where your price point is and whether the 10% every year really works for you Okay so the third piece of advice that I've heard plenty is that you have to get schools to pay before they get the service. So it's often said isn't it that you need to make clients pay up front before they attend your course or you deliver training for them. So if you want to do that I'd just say goodbye to selling to any schools then because that is just not how schools and councils work. Even if you're this tiny one-man band and you know you're trying to make a living from selling to one school a month schools expect you to deliver that on account even if you've got to make a massive investment up front and it'll take around 45 days to pay and they won't apologize for it either i can say that you know in the early days we expected schools to pay first and it took them weeks and weeks and weeks and they never got the service and as soon as we unlocked that door schools really started flooding in because they were getting the service straight away and they were seeing results so the fourth piece of bad business advice for education businesses is that your email list is your most valuable thing now i'm not saying that it's not valuable it really is but there is more to life than emailing a stressed overworked teacher over and over again about another course that they need in their lives but they've got no time to take no money to pay for and no time to implement what they've learned if they're actually in the right frame of mind for learning anything anyway. It is really important of course to nurture that relationship through email but teachers just don't have the same excitement over their inbox as business owners do so they might not even check their work emails every day which I know is probably shocking quite a few of you right now. So the fifth piece of bad advice for education businesses It's about suitable prices to charge teachers. So I always get told, oh, it can be hundreds and hundreds of pounds. But I want to ask yourself the question where is this money coming from? So I remember discussing membership sites with a group of entrepreneurs a few years ago, and we were talking about charging £50 a month per client for a video and a live call on this coaching program. And this is what can really work in the business world, it really can, and those things are really valuable but the shock and horror I got when I told them that teachers could buy into my membership for just £4.50 a month at the time and I think we had around 4,000 resources on the site I was immediately told this was far too cheap and they should be at least £25 a month and people would pay it but can you imagine that think if all the resource sites did that none of us would exist if we were all £25 a month it just would not happen Now this was a few years ago now but it's safe to say that the biggest surprise moment came then when I told them that I actually had 50,000 paying subscribers at the time but this is the problem I guess with resource websites as well because this low cost serving many model is really hard work if I'm honest and it's really hard to get off the ground and it is much easier to sell high ticket products and services to fewer people and that's why we often get this advice from people not in the education sector about subscriptions because it's different in their world and they don't want you to have to get quite as many clients. So another thing to consider is that teachers do have an income ceiling. So they're not running their own business and they can't, you know, they don't have things in place to, like a business coach might say, oh, well, if you buy my service, then, you know, I'll double it or I'll triple it because of the money you'll attract in they really don't have that kind of thing to believe in do they so it is probably going to attract them more time but how do you educate them on that that's something to think about so the sixth piece of bad advice for education businesses is getting saying that you can get teachers to get their schools to pay so one of the reasons that teachers pay for so many things themselves is because of how hard it is to claim the money back in the first place they don't just waltz into the school office every time they've had a shopping spree at the range. Can you imagine that? Every Monday morning. I just went to the range yesterday. Here's my £100 receipt. But if you do encourage this, and if you charge VAT, then you'll need to make sure that teachers do have access to the VAT receipt. In fact, even if you don't charge VAT, the office will probably want to see that it's zero anyway. So if you don't have this set up, then it is quite a big admin job. Um, And you do have to provide these by law. sir. So. just a a heads up there. Uh, But the thing to remember is that it is uncomfortable for teachers to ask leadership to pay for things. It can be done and I'm going to talk about how in another episode but it's not as simple as just saying well all the schools will pay for all the teachers. The teachers make the decision and the school coughs up. That's not how it works. So the seventh thing then is sending out flyers. Now I don't mean sending flyers home in school book bags to sell to parents. I think this could be a strategy that works for you depending on your business. But I'm talking about direct mail in the form of a flyer to a teacher, maybe in charge of a subject. Just no, just, it's just not worth it. So if you'd seen Teacher's pigeonholes, <laughs> I used to sift through mine once every term. And I used to realise then that every flyer's offer had expired. <laughs> and I just used to bin them. Because I knew school would never pay for it anyway. I didn't even want the hassle of taking a day off to do a course or begging the school leaders for the budget for it and while I understand now that that maybe that wasn't true and it was my perception I just want to highlight the common teacher mindset here that's important to realize and the last piece of bad business advice for education business is about selling to teachers on LinkedIn so it's been a big thing for a while in business to sell to other businesses on LinkedIn but it's only recently that some teachers have actually joined LinkedIn you know a lot of head teachers are finally on there and and that's a good sign that that's growing and especially CEOs of maths because obviously they're more business focused but the education sector can often be quite late to the party if I'm honest and you know Clubhouse the new audio platform it's estimated that only three percent of Clubhouse users are actually educators which just goes to show you you know as a profession how quick we are to take on new things so I think the recent pandemic and remote learning tells us an awful lot doesn't it because workplaces you know a lot of workplaces were ready to go because they were all they were ready for remote working even if they thought that they weren't because of the software that they were using and things um so workplaces already had in place a lot of things that schools have had to put in place very quickly. Just on the LinkedIn point as well in mail to a teacher is a big no-no it just proves that you're trying to sell them something why do you want to connect with them they're not business people they're just wanting to get on with the jobs teaching but it is a good place to build a nurture relationship so you can do that but don't go in with a sell it is not the place to do that. So I thought it would be useful to highlight the information that we've been given that hasn't been that helpful in the world of education business so if you're doing any of these things and you're not seeing results then it's definitely time to try something else if you found this episode helpful I'd love it if you could just share it with one friend who will find it useful to grow their education business as well I want to reach as many people in education business as possible and to be that knowledgeable friend that I never had Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.